You're listening to The Devoted Podcast, where our desire is to be women devoted to the Word of God. We're so glad you're here, and we pray you'll be challenged and encouraged as we look to God's Word together. Hey, gals, welcome to The Devoted Podcast. So glad you guys are back. I am sitting here, of course, once again, in the closet. You guys don't want to see the site that I got going on. I've been on some trips, and so the suitcase is barely even unpacked. And so it's one of those times that the closet's not as clean as I would like it to be. I think about, you know, do you guys ever, I should say, watch slash listen to any of the podcasts that are actually on YouTube, you know, where you're seeing them? I I don't know. Gals, you got to let me know what you think about that. I mean, I usually if I see something on one of those, I actually am just listening to it, not really watching anyway. So I just like to listen. But some people really like to do YouTube podcast. I don't know, to me, it's a separate medium in some ways. I love our YouTube channel that we get to do the teaching stuff when we're at the church and the video team who's amazing. And we have the keynote stuff so you guys can see all that. But I'm just not so sure that y'all really want to see me in the closet right now. So anyway, anybody have an opinion on that, you can, you can let me know, message me on Instagram and let me know what you think about that. (laughs) So today, This is kind of funny, gals, but this is one I struggle with. And so then whenever there's something that Amy has an opinion on or Amy kind of struggles with it, just like you guys, I'm hoping that what we do is go, yeah, but how biblically should we look at that? Because that's the deal, right, gals? We need to be looking at scripture and we need to be looking at things and measuring ourselves against that, not taking our opinion and going, this is what I want, and then going and finding a scripture to make us feel good about that particular opinion. Nope, we got to have none of that. We we really need to be looking to scripture to really change us and where there needs to be changes. So this is going to be sound kind of odd, but I want to talk about, do girls really have to wear pink? Do we have to wear pink? What What is the deal with this? Now, if you're like, okay, Amy, that just took a really sharp turn to really not serious and spiritual. But I want to tell you where I'm going with this, because here's the thing. We are in a culture right now that is struggling to have women be women and men be men. Okay. As you know, the, the transgender debate is alive and well, kicking and wow, lots of things. We know what God's word has to say about that, right? We know Genesis 1.27 tells us that in the image of God, we were created, male and female, he created them. So we've talked about this lots of times on the podcast. Any way you slice that, guys, I'm not good at math, but I know that that is two genders. That's only two. That's all there is. But as two, they're also separate. They're different, and they're supposed to be different. So in our culture, a lot of times where we go with this is in one of two ways. It could be at times where we're trying to just make the genders the same. And let's not really point out any differences. Or as we see with the transgender issue, there's just this crossing and this mixing where one can be the other and and it doesn't matter. And it's just what you feel and all of these things. This is a great issue that the Bible has a lot of things to say about. And, And I think we can really understand and cut out the confusion about this. So why do I say the thing about the pink? So I am a boy mom to the nth degree, for sure, right? I've never really been a very frilly girl. I really am not a fan of pink. I've worn pink a couple times. And right now I'm in a phase where I just, I don't think I can wear pink for a long, long time. However, one time, guys, I had having three boys. It hit me after my third boy. We knew we weren't going to have any more kiddos. And I realized, oh, 
I'm never going to have that sweet little pink nursery. I'm never going to have it. And it was kind of a weird thought because as I've already said, I really don't like pink that much. But I had this thought and I was like, oh man, I'm never going to have the sweet pink nursery. And I was, I was a little sad for a moment. And so I chatted with my husband about it and I decided to paint the laundry room pink. Painted the laundry room pink, gals. I did it in a weekend. I'm not even a very impulsive person. And I don't typically just go, I'm going to do this and just get it done. But I did this. I, for real, went, I think, on a Thursday evening, picked out the paint and painted the laundry room on Saturday and it was done. And it was kind of a comical deal because, but I, I thought, here's the thing. The guys aren't really in the laundry room, although my boys all, it's it's the rule in our house that the summer of your fourth grade year, you have to learn how to do laundry. So I guess that year they did have to spend some time in the laundry room. But for the most part the laundry room was my space. And I thought, I want a pink laundry room. And I had some fun with it because then I put a scripture on the wall and I put the psalm on there that says, created me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Love that for two reasons, right? You get the pun about it being a little clean and getting your, your clothes all clean in the laundry room. But renew a right spirit in me. Sometimes when we're in the laundry room, we might not be in the right spirit because we might be going, why are these perfectly clean clothes? in the laundry room right now, because I know they're not dirty, but they didn't want to put them in their drawer. And so sometimes that's how it goes. Okay. Pink laundry room. I know that's a tangent, but that is the extent to my pinkness. I just am, I'm just one of those that I don't really love to embrace the pink. But I was thinking about this lately because while I'm not a real big fan of pink. I'm a little concerned at how our culture kind of wants to step away and we don't want to embrace things that are feminine. So, and again, I'm speaking to us gals here. As gals, we have this tendency, some of us, and I'm lumping, putting myself in here that, well, in 80s past when it was lace or frills or whatever, I just, do we have to do that? But my question to myself and to us culturally is if I'm not embracing some of the cultural or the stereotypical norms about what defines femininity, am I still walking in agreement with the Lord's design? And so I wanted to look at some scriptures about this. I wanted to define some things. I want to look at when scripture talks about this because it actually is something that's talked about. And I think it also, I want to wrap up and have us talk about what it speaks to us and our walk in being separate unto the Lord too. But first of all, this issue is first brought up as it pertains to what women wear all the way back in the Old Testament in Deuteronomy 22.5. And so this is part of the Old Testament law. And it said, a woman shall not wear a man's garment, nor shall a man put on a woman's cloak. For whoever does these things is an abomination to the Lord your God. Deuteronomy 22.5. Okay, so you're thinking, okay, well, that's kind of Old Testament. So the Old Testament also tells us to not eat bats and things like that. So does that really pertain to today. I think it does. And I wanted to read this. There was a comment in the Bible knowledge commentary said this about this, that since this law was related to divine order of creation, and since God detests anyone who does this, this is something that believers today ought to also heed this command. So there commentary is telling us that this is something that also pertains to today because it relates to divine order. Now, what do we mean by how, how does that relate to divine order? Well, it's pointing out the distinctions, right? It's, it's talking about there is a way that men present themselves in their clothing, and there's a way that women present themselves in their clothing, and the two should be separate. 
women should dress as women are to dress and men are to dress as men are to dress. Those things are not to be, those lines are not to be blurred. This command is less about clothing, perhaps, and more about guarding what it means for us to be women and walking in obedience to design and not trying to reach over into the other aisle, reach over into what men are doing and go, well, I want to do that instead and not walk, not dress, not present myself in a way according to the design in which I was created as a woman. Romans 1 gives context even to this, goes into, I suppose, this issue even in greater depth because it talks about how we kind of give into our own desires. When we do things that are in contradiction to the way that the Lord designed us, it gives way to bigger issues. And Romans 1 really talks about that in length. Romans 1, 26 through 28 says this, it says, for this reason, God gave them up to dishonorable passions. For their women exchanged natural relations to those that are contrary to nature. And the men likewise gave up natural relations with women and were consumed with passion for one another. Men committing shameless acts with men and receiving in themselves the due penalty for their error. And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. Obviously, the context of that passage right there is talking about homosexuality. But all of this kind of leads into it, right? When, when we start blurring the lines of gender and distinctions and things like that, Romans one twenty six that's kind of giving us the culmination of the bigger issues that sin can lead to. The Bible is very clear about that. GotQuestions.com is a great little site. Whenever I give you guys a recommendation, again, it is not a blank slate of like, man, everything they say, I would just go down the pipe because you know what? I've not read everything that they've said, but I will say they've been a really sound source for a lot of things. And it's a really easy online source. You can go to gotquestions.com and type some uh, a question about something um, that you see in the Bible. And it will often give you some different scriptures to look at and some commentary that it supplies as well. But pertaining to this issue, they say this, it says, quote, thinking that we know better than God, which what we're talking about here, dressing in a way that is not feminine or masculine, if you're a guy, thinking in a way we know better than God is the doorway to becoming a fool. When a man defies his masculinity or a woman rejects her femininity, it is a symptom of a grosser sin. Rejection of God's ultimate authority. Okay, rejection of God's ultimate authority. That's a giant deal. We're going to talk about that and look at some other scriptures in a minute. But that is ultimately the biggest sin that we're talking about there is that by choosing to do things that are contrary to God's design, it is actually a rejection of God's authority. Okay, they go on in the quote and they say, the closer we grow to God, the more we can embrace our gender identity. Both genders display certain aspects of God's character in a unique way. When we pervert his choice for us, we limit the opportunities he gives us to demonstrate the glory of being created in his image. I really love the way they say this, guys, because they they use some words that sound a little harsh, right? They say that, man, it can lead to a grosser sin of ultimately rejecting God's authority in our life kind of can't think of anything worse than that, right? That it blurs the lines, right? It says that we need to be embracing what our, what God's character of how he's created us in a very unique way. And we choose to not do that. It's perverting his choice for us. Boy, I sure don't want to do that. I want to look at how God designed me to be. And I want to make sure I am not perverting what his choice, his design was for me. If you're still going, I'm still a little stumped why why you're tripping over 
being pink and if that's an issue. I'm pulling that up as a silly example, guys. But we have some cultural expectations of what this is what girls are supposed to dress. This is how guys are supposed to dress and that kind of stuff. And I think that we can probably get kind of silly about that. But we do need to watch out for cultural understandings of what masculinity and femininity should look like. In Jesus's day, men wore robes. And today we might look at that and think of that looks more like a dress in our culture. But they were not embracing femininity. We know that they weren't doing that. So with what I'm saying is that it is actually important to point out and to observe in our culture what is marked as being feminine and what is being masculine. And I do think we know the difference, right? We know what looks feminine. We know what looks masculine. And it really shouldn't be that confusing. And we don't have to get too ridiculous about this. Here's what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that, you know, if a woman chooses to throw on a ball cap and wear baggy sweats to the grocery store, does that mean that she is walking in rebellion of her feminine distinctiveness? No, I I don't think it does. But here's what I would say. What if she is doing those things? Because she is trying to, in fact, look more masculine. It's actually her heart and her intention is to be and present herself in a more manly fashion. Okay, then I got to say, yeah, that's not okay. That is wrong. That is, as that quote so bluntly put it, can lead to a grosser sin, ultimately rejecting God's ultimate authority for us. Okay, so We're looking at then more of what the intention and the heart is behind the choice of how we choose to present ourselves. But let's go here for a second, because what about like unisex clothing, clothes that it's kind of not guy or girl, it's just whatever. Now, sometimes this gets where people are being just intentionally very ambiguous about how they're dressing. So have you ever seen someone and you kind of have to take a second look and you're like, man, is that a guy? Is that a girl? I'm not totally sure. Goodness, anymore sometimes if it is a guy that is trying to present themselves as a girl, it's become extremely obvious, right? Because they include makeup and there'll be nail polish. There'll be things that culturally we understand to be feminine norms, right? And so they are assuming those things as men dressing as women because they know that those are feminine norms. But if you see that person in a grocery store and you're like, oh, man, is that a guy? Is that a girl? And I think if you're dressing in a manner that this really is questionable, now I'm talking to us, like ask ourselves, how are we presenting ourselves? If you're presenting yourself and dressing in a way where that is actually a questionable thing, then you might need to ask yourself the why on this. Why are you wanting to mask or to be intentionally less feminine? And be really honest with yourself. What's the deal there? You know, if you're a gal that if you buzzed your hair all off in support of a friend that lost their hair to cancer, okay, well, is that a woman that is 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 trying to present herself in a masculine way? No, not necessarily. Or perhaps there is a medical reason that they have shaved their head or th- something like that. Or did you do it because you were trying to buck conventional norms of femininity and appear more like a guy. Do you see the difference? And I think that's why it's really important for us to remember that we need to examine our hearts on these issues and why we do this. Like I said, in this way, the cultural norms do matter. As I mentioned before, in Jesus's day, the men wore robes, right? That was a cultural norm and a mark that that's how men dressed and it was fine. 
But today, if we see that, and if we see a guy that's wearing something that looks like a dress, we understand that within our culture to go, oh, they are purposely trying to present themselves in a more feminine way than a masculine way. Now, a little bit of a tangent, because this is more directed towards men, but I think this is important because gals, there's some of you that you're raising boys like I am. And the scriptures do talk about, they have this term for men that would choose to perhaps not necessarily totally dress as a woman, as I read in the in the Deuteronomy passage, but the word is effeminate. And it's just a word that means soft and that they were intentionally presenting themselves in a more feminine fashion. I'm going to read this in the King James because this word exists in 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11, and it, it doesn't show up in the ESV. And I didn't take the time to figure out why the ESV left this out because I looked in the Greek and it actually the word does exist there. But it says in 1 Corinthians 6, 9, know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetousness, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. And then, of course, I love the good news here at the end, but ye were washed and ye are sanctified and ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus by the Spirit of God. That's where we see one of the times we see this word effeminate and and also in the ESV, then they expound because the word for homosexual is also in there. And the ESV includes that. So Scripture, this is something that Scripture talks about, that it is something that we are not to encourage that is identified as a sin to be effeminate in that way and for men to be ascribing and taking on feminine characteristics. Now, I want to go back to what we were just talking about a second ago of really examining the why and the heart behind why we choose to put on what we wear. We talked about this a bit when we did the modesty episode. And if you didn't hear that, maybe go back and check out that episode. I'll put the link for the modesty episode that we did in the show notes. But there's some important things that we brought out in there. Because remember, we talked about with modesty that it is not necessarily a, man, make sure your shorts are this number of inches. Make sure that your skirt is this right here at the knee or this many inches. It's, it's not about the legalism, perhaps, of what that should look like. It's a heart issue. It is how we are presenting ourselves and are we glorifying the Lord with how we present ourselves? First Peter 3 through 4 reminds us, it says, do not let your adorning be external, the braiding of hair and the putting on of gold jewelry or the clothing you wear, but let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which in God's sight is very precious. Gals, this is such an important verse for us to keep in mind. This is an area we all err in, right? There's lots of times that I'm I'm convicted of, wow, that was not the gentle and quiet spirit way to conduct myself. But that's what we're called to do. This is talking about us as women. What a beautiful verse talking about our femininity, our real femininity, not necessarily so much in whether or not we choose to wear the lace and the pink and all the frills. But the inward, the letting our adorning be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit. That is truly so important for us to examine, whether we're talking about modesty, whether we're talking about just presenting ourselves in a way that is culturally understood 
to be feminine. And like I just mentioned, it does actually matter in this case how culture perceives that because that is our way of presenting to the world. I am clearly walking in the design that the Lord has created me to be, or I'm clearly walking away from that. Now, as I mentioned, this is necessarily it's not like you're going to wear a sign that says, hi, I'm choosing to dress this way because I'm in rebellion. <laughs> Remember, it's the heart and the Lord knows our hearts. But I am asking us to examine that a little bit and, and ask ourselves why we choose to wear certain things. And do we do it because our heart is trying to make sure we're presenting ourselves in a way that is glorifying to the Lord, honoring to others? and walking in agreement with what his word has told us and his design for us. There's kind of this trend right now of a lot of neutral clothes. I saw something recently on Instagram where it was asking the question about the baby clothes. And I guess, guys, I've been so far away from the baby season, so I can't really speak to this too much, I suppose. So I'm literally just looking at this one article that I read. It was showing how we have a trend that's really cute to put dress babies in neutral colors, taupes and creams and things like that, which honestly, you look at I'm like, wow, that's really cute. Now, I'm not making a giant statement about this or anything like this, but it is interesting that that's kind of a trend right now, given our current transgender a child can like decide their own gender later on. You don't really see a whole lot of clothing lines right now with girls wearing pink and boys wearing blue. I mean, those lines are being much more blurred, which again, I don't want to make a huge dogmatic statement about that, but I do like us to be very discerning of the things that we see in culture. And is that playing into something that could lead us to a place where we can blur those gender lines even more. I saw the most alarming, horrifying YouTube ad. I think it was a YouTube ad. I don't even know. But it had Celine Dion in it. Do you guys remember Celine Dion from back in the day? What was it? The 90s? I loved Celine Dion. 80s, 90s, big power ballads. She's got a killer voice. Amazing. Well, she was doing this ad. I guess she has a clothing line that is all about not choosing your gender. It's kind of creepy, okay? It's it's black and white and there's skulls and crossbones on these sweet little onesies and stuff and I'm like, "Wow, that is really messed up." So she has this clothing line and it was an ad for this and it and it shows her coming into a hospital and she comes to the nursery where these little babies who newborn babies have been born and on one side you could see it's it's the boy babies and they're they're in blue and and there's the symbol on the wall for boys and then on the other side it was the girls and they're all in pink and the symbol on the wall for girls and then she steps into the room and she holds her hand out and she blows this black like glitter or something. I don't know. Again, super creepy, guys. She blows this black dust over this nursery. And as she does this, the babies in the room, everything that they're wearing, it changes to black. So the kiddos are even, the babies are either wearing all black or black and white. Or like I said, some of them have like little skull and crossbones on baby clothes, guys. And then she makes some statement, I can't remember what the slogan was, but it was the freedom and to choose who you want to be. Wow. Okay. I hope you're disturbed because I was highly disturbed by that ad. And that's popular. Like it's, it's, a, it's a growing clothing line that she has for children that are not boy and not girl. 
They're supposed to be in the middle. They're supposed to be this neutral thing where we can blur the lines. And I just clearly when you see that, you're like, wow, this is far beyond dressing your baby in cream or taupe. (laughs) But I think we still could probably be careful and think about those types of things. And are even, man, the way we dress our little girls and our little boys and even younger, are they embracing who they were designed to be? Are we dressing our boys like boys? And are we dressing our girls like girls? Now, some of you might be thinking, okay, well, I was a tomboy as a kid, and I kind of didn't like to wear the, the frills in the pink. As I just have said many times on this. Yeah, me neither. I didn't necessarily love to wear all the pink and all that stuff still don't. But again, I sometimes have kind of thought to myself on this, guys, and challenged myself to go, well, you might not like that, and I don't have to wear pink, right? But I do need to present myself in a way that is feminine, that is appropriate, and culturally even allows people to see that I am walking in agreement with the design that the Lord has given me. And this is a me thing. This is an Amy thing. Take it with a grain of salt. But it actually kind of made me even think about the stuff that I wear where I just kind of like, kind of just don't want to care that day. I just want to throw in the clothes and I and I just don't care. And I just want to go. Now, as I've already said, is that an issue if you run to the grocery store in your cap and your sweats? Absolutely not. Unless you're purposely trying to walk in or, or act and dress in a way that is more masculine. But I do perhaps think that it is worthwhile us giving thought to the way that we present ourselves. If we're going somewhere, if you're the testimony that we give to people by the kind of clothing even that we wear, it might sound silly. And like I said, that's a little bit of an Amy thing. You can think about that and go, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't think I have that strong of a feeling on that. That's great. Take what scripture is saying and just make sure the heart is in a place that you are walking in agreement with what the Lord has designed. And if the way in which you portray that on the outside works as long as it's not walking in rebellion to that. And there are things, and you guys know what those things are, that would be walking in rebellion. Just like we talked about with the guys. If you see if you see a guy that has nails painted and eyelashes that they've glued on and all that kind of stuff, we recognize those things in our culture as things that are feminine. Those are not things that are masculine. And so that is not okay. So makeup brings up an interesting point, right? Some gals are like, yeah, I'm just not the makeup type. I'm, I just don't want to do that. Again, those can be little things that we can kind of dice up, mince words about maybe not a big deal. I always loved the J. Vernon McGee. He's like an old, he was an old through the Bible teacher. And I think he's he's still on, I think you can listen to his podcast on, he might even still be on the radio, but he's got like this old, like Southern deep accent. And he was asked this question, you know, about, man, should women wear makeup? Is it sinful for them to wear makeup because Jezebel wore makeup or what it is? And my favorite line is he, he says, if the barn needs painting, paint it. And we always laugh about that in my house because I'll get up some mornings and I'll tell my boys or Chris and I'll say, yeah, the barn needs a lot of paint today. And they they know what I mean by that. But all of those types of things, again, you kind of need to think those through on your own and go. Some of these are cultural issues. But in this is a case when I don't think we can completely just say, well, just because that's a cultural norm, I'm not going to do that. I've got a boy. And if they want to wear a pink lipstick when they go out, that's fine. We understand that, gals, don't be silly. We understand that in our culture as being something that would be walking away and in defiance of our design to just be a little bit rebellious in that. One of the biggest things that I think is a huge issue with this is that 
in our process, in our confusion and in our world's just nonsense to blur these lines or for one line men to jump over into how women dress or women to dress over as guys dress and us to not dress in a feminine way or whatever. We're going to this place where it's against that that math that we talked about in Genesis, that there are two distinct genders. There's two and they're different. God very much, he had all the power, all the wisdom, all the ability to do his creation, however he deemed it would be according to his perfect will. And he didn't create male and male. He didn't create Adam and Adam. He created Adam and Eve, two separate. They had their bodies are different. Their strengths are different. Um, The way they think is different. I love the picture that we get in um, Genesis, how Eve was created out of Adam from a rib in his side. It's just such a great picture that then I think then speaks to what our roles are as as we are a helper. And it says that too. It says that we was created out of the man's side and that man did not find a helper suitable for him. And that's us. That's what we are. We are that helper role. If you're new to the podcast and you're like, I'm incredibly offended that you just called me a helper. We've done several podcasts where we've talked about that. I I did one called Making Helper Cool Again. And I think in the beautiful design series, we've talked about that too. Don't be offended by that. It is a beautiful, beautiful honoring role that we have. Man, we, as we are created in our distinctness and our separateness, can have children. This is an awesome ability, an awesome design that the Lord created us to be that men are not created to do. Regardless of what you read in any kind of nonsense paper that says, no, 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 men can have babies. No, they cannot. They cannot do that. So this is something that is amazing how we were designed and created to be, but it's distinct. It should be separate. And I've talked about this a lot of other times too, because with the feminist movement, it just kills me because it is not about bringing women on equal status or on par with men. That's what they say it is. And that's what they try to tell you and and give you this, like make you feel better about the movement, but it is not. It's about sameness. And it's about eliminating gender distinctions in every way possible. I mean, truly, that's what they want. They want sameness. They don't want there to be men. They don't want there to be women. It's all just one big pile of mush. And that right there is a step in rebellion against the Lord and his design. So let's talk about this just being a little bit separate. And I wanna read you guys several scriptures. Some of these are a little bit lengthy, so bear with me, but I, I do think it's important for us to hear because if you are someone that is hearing this and you're really desiring to take the things that you want or the ways that you present yourself, whether, again, whether we're talking about modesty, whether we're just talking about how to present ourselves in a feminine way, But really wanting to go, okay, I want to make sure I'm aligning as closely with the word as I can. A lot of people, even people in the church will go, you're kind of being, you're overthinking this, or you're kind of being ridiculous about this. It's really not that big a deal. And I would say perhaps in the 80s, and like I said, again, we're not talking about the sweet little tomboy girl that just likes to play in the dirt or whatever. That's not what this is about. We're talking about intentionally trying to present yourselves in a way that is not in a feminine way. And as we even maybe 
play with that just a smidge, I wonder if we give it a little more traction in our society than it should. By and large, we have a lot of women that just don't want to present themselves in a feminine way. And I think we need to ask ourselves about that because it is becoming more culturally acceptable just to do whatever. Now, I'm certainly not trying to bring back the corsets and bustles and all the crazy long dresses and all of that kind of stuff. Although I do kind of look at that day and go, huh, boy, there was no confusion. There was no confusion about who was a woman, who was a man, and who was presenting themselves and their roles and their differences and distinctions. I think a lot of that was amazing. But in our culture, all of this is a little bit more blurry, isn't it? And I think the thing that we need to be reminded of is that we are called to be different. We are called to walk in obedience to how the Lord created us. So a couple passages here, 2 Corinthians 6, 14 through 18 says this, it says, do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers for what partnership has righteousness with lawlessness or what fellowship has light with darkness? What accord has Christ with Belial or what portion does a believer share with an unbeliever? What agreement has the temple of God with idols? For we are the temple of the living God. As God said, I will make my dwelling among them and walk among them and I will be their God and they will be my people. Therefore, it says, go out from their midst and be separate from them, says the Lord. So a lot of things that I love the context of this verse is talking about us being linked with unbelievers. And it's pointing out that, goodness, we don't really have a whole lot we should have to do with that kind of stuff, to be yoked, to be connected. So we are to be come out from that. We're to be separate from that. So just because we see that the world wants to make femininity not cool and to blur these lines and make everything just neutral and same, we need to come out from that. We need to be separate from that. Ephesians 5, I quote all the time. It's such a great passage, but I want to highlight just this little bit in verse 10 when it says, well, I'll back up to part of verse 7. Therefore, do not become partners with them. So it's talking about those who walk in darkness. And then it says, for at one time you were in darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children in the light, for the fruit of the light is found in all that is good and right and true. And then verse two, this is the one I want it to kind of stick in your brain. It says, and try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Highlight that verse, Ephesians 5 verse 10, and try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Because that is a question I can ask myself about a lot of things, whether we were talking about the modesty question, whether we're talking about, ooh, should I maybe do a little more effort and make sure I'm presenting myself in a way that is feminine and in agreement with what the Lord's design is, as opposed to just maybe being a little bit more lazy today and, and doing that. Discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Is this pleasing to the Lord? So it's important that we discern what is pleasing to the Lord. But I love this also. First Corinthians 10 31, it says, so whatever you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. And you can check that passage out for the fuller context of it. I really recommend that. But the thing I love about that is guys eating and drinking, those are very simple, no big deal things, right? Just like getting dressed. But whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Just like Ephesians 10, just do your best to discern, is this pleasing to the Lord? Then 1 Corinthians says, whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. And then also I want to include here in this Galatians 5.13, because it, we have the freedom, right, to dress and to do whatever we want. But listen to what Galatians says in 5.13. It says, for you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. 
So it's one of these things that in some ways, the way in which we present ourselves can present even a stumbling block to others. And better in this context of this discussion of what we're talking about here with femininity, of better to see how we can discern what is most pleasing to the Lord, how we can glorify God, and then not necessarily use the, our freedom to do what we want, but rather to see if it checks those two boxes. Is this pleasing to the Lord? Is this glorifying the Lord? And is this presenting ourselves to others in a way that is loving even to others and not causing them to stumble? We're called to be separate. First Peter 2, 9 says, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into marvelous light. Separate, different. First John 2, 15 through 17 tells us, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and the pride and possessions is not from the Father, but is from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires. But whoever does the will of God abides forever. There's several verses I could keep going on. Romans 12, 2. Got to include that one. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Change your mind. Just absolutely renew your mind that by testing, you may discern. There's that word again, like we saw in Ephesians, discern what the will of God, what is good, acceptable, and perfect. Lots of other, lots of places we could have talked about, about being separate and being set apart. And this is something that in our culture, honestly, for us as gals to present ourselves in a very, dare I say, even traditional and feminine way is going to be contrary to what the world really does, because they want this sameness thing. They want to feed this whole narrative that you can do what you want, you can dress how you want, you can present yourself you want. If it bothers anybody, who cares? I would just say the thing is, it's not necessarily what those clothes are, but it's that heart that's behind that. And if it's the heart and the motivations and the intention that is just wanting to mask the femininity and the design that the Lord has for you, then we need to check that. The last thing I want to say on this is that all of this and our choices with this is truly at the end of it is whether or not we're willing to submit fully to what the Lord's design is for us. Are we willing to lay down the thing that we want in obedience to him? Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. We don't live for us. We don't live for our flesh. We don't live for the things that we want or the things that we feel like doing. First Peter 4, 1 through 2, since therefore Christ suffered in the flesh, arm yourselves with the same way of thinking. For whoever has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin, so as to live the rest of time in the flesh no longer for human passions, but instead for the will of God. Sometimes these questions are just a denying of your flesh, dying to the thing that you feel like doing, dying to the thing you feel like wearing, discerning, is this something that is pleasing to the Lord? But whatever we do, we should be making sure that we are representing Christ and who he's created us to be and who our identity is in Christ. Now, thankfully, wearing pink is not the only way to show that you're feminine, right? In our culture, it's not as if if you don't wear pink, you're not a girl. <laughs> Thank goodness, because again, guys, I still don't really like pink. But can I just say, if... We were living in a cultural norm and a cultural tradition where that was the only distinguishing factor, which again, we're not. But if we were, would we be willing to say, 
I cannot stand lace and frills and pink, but that is the way our culture distinguishes femininity. And would we be willing to die to that? I'm so thankful that there are so many amazing God-given ways that we get to express our femininity and really walk in the design that he has called us to be. Most of those include just how we present ourselves through the roles that we walk in, right? And it isn't to say that we can't have skills and, and things that even men do, right? I am personally not one of those people that's very handy, but I know gals that are amazing. They can run to Home Depot and fix the pipe. And that does that mean they're not expressing their femininity in their behaviors? Absolutely not. In fact, I think if anything, it's, it's showing how they're being a helper in their home. So it's not, don't get all weird about it being like, oh, I just got to make sure I do all the girly things, or I just make sure I wear all the girly things. But at the same time, I do want us to challenge ourselves with cultures presenting some things that are blurring the lines and that are causing us as gals for it to not be quite as popular and perhaps not as trendy to present yourself in a way that is just feminine. And that is just shouldn't be something that we bristle at. We should be okay with that. And not because it's to make other people happy, but because it reflects that inner obedience and submission to the Lordship of Christ, who has created us to be distinct and different. And we want to celebrate the differences that the Lord has created in us as men and women. And if we do that in the way we dress, that's a celebration of that distinction. So go back, check out the notes. Remember, guys, I always put the uh, scriptures in the show notes if you want to look those up. Check out scripture for yourself, guys. And remember, I told you in this, some of this is just Amy's weird opinion on some things. Don't take that stuff. I want you guys to look at scripture, but more than anything, I want you to look at scripture and then look at your own heart, examine your own heart and go, man, am I aligning more with what the world is doing on this? Or am I aligning myself with what God's word says of who I am distinct as a woman of God? So remember guys, if the podcast has been a blessing to you, if it's a way that the word just gets into your AirPods or in your car when you're driving, and that would be an encouragement to someone else, like it, share it. It helps people find us. And guys, have a great week and I'll see you next week. Thank you for tuning in to the Devoted Podcast. We are a ministry of AV Creek Christian Fellowship in West Lynn, Oregon. For more resources, or if you need prayer or encouragement, send us an email at devotedpodcast at athecreek.com.